0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host, Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we have two films this week that are on total polar opposites of the spectrum. We have Disney's new film, Jungle Cruise, which stars The Rock and Emily Blunt, and then David Lowery's new film, The Green Knight, major spoiler alert for both of these movies. We get pretty in-depth into it. The Green Knight is based on a poem, but the film, again, spoilers, differs from that, so just be aware of that. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion, as there are a lot of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? Let's jump right in. I am truly, truly interested. What did you two think of Jungle Cruise?
1: What do you think we thought it I That's curious. Yeah. Uh,
0: I feel like you may have surprisingly enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, no, uh, no, me, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I wish. <laughs> that's, uh, okay, that's not what happened. <laughs> it, se- it seems like so many people
0: seem to be enjoying it, and so I was like, maybe I'm wrong. My radar is off, and the two of you will have enjoyed it. And but no, I guess we are actually we're all in alignment this
2: week. No, it's terrible. Yeah, I I
1: really, I don't understand. I mean, I'm happy for the people that are really enjoying it. Like, I don't want to shade anybody. I'm like very like, you know, it's, it's great when people unanimously seem to really love something that's awesome. But I don't understand and I think they deserve better. I just. I agree. We couldn't, I mean, and this is not necessarily what you were supposed to dwell on in the film, but not even going into story, we couldn't stop talking to each other in astonishment over the special effects and just the fact that they were never, ever anywhere. They were just in front of a... It seemed like they were in a soundstage the entire time. And I was like, were any sets or props built? Like, it just felt so flat and stale and looked
2: bad. And the lighting was so bad in most of it that it was so obvious that they weren't in a jungle that it was, like, like traumatic.
0: Uh, this is a very odd... So I assume you went to a theater.
1: No. no. Oh, you watched it Okay. At home. okay
0: so did your version of it have subtitles for the spanish-speaking characters yes
1: yeah i think it did oh i think
0: so mine did not and i was but i also saw a press screener of it so i was like okay it's possible and i turned on the english subtitles to be like am i missing something so all of those scenes i had no clue what was going i don't speak spanish yeah it was not clearly it was not necessary for the plot because the plot was god knows what but i was, I was just like, like that's why you didn't like that you I didn't know, understand clearly it's because i didn't understand the <laughs> in-depth but i was like i i assume this is a, a quirk limited to mine but i just wasn't sure yeah obviously it didn't yeah. help either of you <laughs>
1: yeah I was like i can barely remember but i like i feel and like like
2: the, the, sure the, the weird romance between emily blunt and the rock like gross like is there anything i i mean i never wanted to see that ever they have no chemistry together it was the most awkward forced yes
1: unearned well unnecessary like why what did it add to anything like why did you add
0: anything it was terrible and we know i'm team like chemistry with the rock but i even i was like this is a platonic at best situation yeah
1: yeah, that's the thing is it was like it, it was at Honestly, most of my problems with the film, including what Jackie just mentioned to me, are at no fault of Emily Blunt or The Rock. It it was just like these characters were – they played them fine, I think, in the way they were written, but I just don't understand. It was just such a weird – I remember he gave her some weird look up and down at some point, and I leaned over, and I was like, oh, my God, please tell me they're not going into some romance thing with this. And I I was
2: just like, I hope not. The trailer didn't give me that vibe. Because the trailer doesn't give that vibe at all. And then – I thought they would like have a mutual respect for each other by then. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. And then it turns out he's like conquistador or something. And that was just so <laughs> dumb. And I hated it so much that I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, it's just, oh my God, it made no
0: sense whatsoever. The accents in this film are out of control as well. Whatever Jesse Plemons is doing. It kept changing, because I'm thinking, like, Conquistador, like, The Rock is the only one without a Spanish accent. Okay, fine, we're, like, excuse it, But but he's also living in this town where, why would he have, like, perfectly American-accented English?
2: Lived in, like, well, especially for someone who's apparently never left the river, right. because he can't, so, like, he would... Yeah, they didn't uh. even ask him to try. <laughs> they were just yeah, like, it you just just, like eh. it's
0: fine. But Jesse Plemons, they were like... Can you do your best? I thought, I thought it was gonna be a Nazi thing. I thought he was gonna be, and and then when they explained who he was, I was like, okay, it's a pre, but
2: it was, yep. yeah. I but mean, obviously, everyone hates the weird German subplot. I mean, that was terrible <laughs> and just bizarre. Yeah, I can't, well, I can't even decide what I dislike the most.
1: Well, I have to say, like, I mean, the action and stuff looked ridiculous in the trailer, but then. During the trailer, I wanted to just end it all for several minutes of it, but like, or several times in the trailer. But then, like, at the end with that stupid the boat, you know, the Junkers boat jumping over the torpedo thing, it's too much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then cool. you go watch the movie, and it was like, oh, it in fact is more than that, and they're like steering like left, steering right? like, through this like weird water town thing, and it's like the submarine, the is Amazon. Huge. It just was like, how in the like? I mean, again, I know this this isn't supposed to be the most plausible thing ever, but I'm like you chose a submarine yeah you know what I mean like you chose to make it a submarine so why don't you put it in a circumstance that is somewhat believable for a submarine to be involved with
2: this guy can be around without I mean they don't need to be in a submarine he could just be in one of the boats
1: but also they don't they didn't need to do the weird like what's that San uh, the Marcadero street or whatever in San Francisco or whatever <laughs> yeah. what's the street where you're going where yeah. left right left right like they didn't need to do that either so it's just because I don't know that submarines can turn like that i I mean no, I'm, sure, I'm
2: sure I'm sure that Amazon is <laughs> is very, you know, curly. But it's like, I'm sure there's like sections of it that aren't, you know what I mean? Like you could have had the town in a section that wasn't, not that, okay. But let's be very honest. The the submarine thing was never going to be believable. So.
0: No. I haven't ridden the ride in a long time. That's not a reference. Like there's no submarines on the ride, right? There's no, no. like, okay. So this isn't, no. this isn't something they're weirdly trying to tie together. They've inserted this into the storyline right. just for the purpose of, the action right. sequences. The backside s- of water
2: joke was from the ride.
1: I mean, so many, all of it, pretty much all of his jokes he was trying doing on his tour were from the those, ride. Were, but those it's were like, my
0: favorite parts. That I, honestly, I chuckled at those.
1: And I and I wondered, obviously, Trader Sam and different things like that. Like, there were elements that were clearly like, there's a there's this kind of like, I don't want to say cult, but just g- group of people that are super super Jungle Cruise people, like with the parks, and are into the whole kind of like mythos behind it mm-hmm. and stuff and like connected jungle cruises at different parks in the world and like whatever and i wondered with the with the german like you know that thing or whatever other things that were kind of like what like scratch your head moments i wondered how much of it is from the lore maybe yeah. things in lore that's kind of like fanfic or things that exist in the maybe. past they're just kind of preach a bunch of
2: cruise fanfic is so. well I, the thing I mean,
1: is is they know. have I've read...
0: Why?
2: okay i've never read any jungle cruise fanfic and i've read some of <laughs> the I don't know if that fanfic. exists i'm just so... you
0: know. <laughs> I'm assuming it exists. I bet you it's on the internet. Yeah.
2: Well, there, there's an adventurers club yeah. that is like referenced at all the different parks. And so Matt and I have been to all the Disney parks in the world. It's not all the parks, but it's there at some of them. No, I think it's at all of them.
1: Hmm. Oh, well, I've only seen a few of them, but yeah. Keep...
2: I guess I don't know Paris, so I'm not sure Paris is involved, but it was at Shanghai and Hong Kong and Tokyo.
1: I only remember the Tokyo and the Hong Kong ones, but I know, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there are more, There are more, but yeah, the Adventures
0: Club, these, you know. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back.
2: It's Old like these gentlemen adventure. who in the 20s were like finding things. Adventures. Like submarines in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was actually surprised we didn't get much of that, if any, right? I didn't. I didn't well, because well, I, I don't, know that, be I don't know that they're involved with the
1: Jungle Cruise. Maybe they I don't know that
2: they're involved with the Jungle Cruise either. For me, it's
1: the, it's the guy who owns Mystic Manor in Hong Kong. And then the guy who is the theme for Tower of Terror in, in Tokyo.
2: Right.
1: Uh, has He's involved as well. And if you go on some, a couple of the different rides and stuff, you see there's like pictures and there's all of them in there together and like in the photo together like as their adventures and stuff. So there's this like interconnected lore thing that stories exist with these guys.
0: What?
2: But, <laughs> this is yeah, the i I've ever heard of this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, but, I mean, I'm, 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 I don't know if it's connected with John Cruise at all, but it very well may be. So I,
2: <laughs> yeah, but... I actually don't know that it is either because there used to be actually an Adventures Club bar in Orlando at the, what's it called? Um, what was it called? Pleasure Island. So they used to have this group of clubs in um, downtown Disney, as it was called at the time, is now Disney Springs, but it was also downtown Disney in Orlando when I lived there and um we had a bar called the adventurers club and it and it had all that stuff in it with all the but people but it's like a stuff.
0: club right not like a club
2: well this one was more like a bar where you just like sit and order drinks and stuff and like okay. chat but there was clubs on the row right so this Got is it. like the more like kind of boring one and then the but it had like animatronics on the wall and stuff so like and I disney don't know.
0: owned and operated it or it just existed in a yeah. disney space okay
2: I mean, operated it. There was like, um, like an elephant on the wall that would talk sometimes, <laughs> and like, like that kind of stuff. Like we were <laughs> oh, of, course, of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> okay. Um.
0: Speaking, speaking of creepy, I just to the when when what's his name Edgar Ramirez
2: mm-hmm. when
0: his face opens up and snakes shoot out of it. I was just like, this is terrorizing. Like, this is terrifying as an adult, oh, yeah. let alone a child. I mean, it was terrible CG and all that stuff, but just, yeah. who is this movie for? You, ca- you like You, you can't me. show that to a little kid.
2: I don't know. I thought it was so bad it was laughable, so I don't know that I thought it was scary, but maybe
0: i mean uh, the the concept of snakes shooting out of someone's face is scary like the the execution not that great but if if you were a little kid and like weren't able to discern right you would probably be very freaked out by that like i could see that being nightmare inducing
1: yeah i don't know who the intended audience is for the film that's a, it's a valid question because i honestly am not really sure
0: like i assume it's families but it just felt like
1: yeah it seems like it would be a family adventure movie I, it
0: was I a way were too long going long for a like a kid.
2: I think they were going yeah. for a Pirates of the Caribbean sort of success with it, obviously, right? I just but... feel like Pirates, even though it
0: came out however many years ago, like, felt, felt like a real movie. Uh, it... Well, we whoa, were talking
1: whoa. we were talking about this, that, like, one of the biggest issues from right in the get-go is that, like, they had next to no interest in making you believe that this was a real place, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, like, again, I know things are going to be happening that are fiction and, and fantasy and all kinds of things, you know? But even when you look at, like, obvious an obvious comparison to The Mummy, but even talking about pirates, right, the, the, the 90s mummy with, you know, Brendan yeah. And yeah, Rachel. But these films look believable. There's some effects in both that are questionable, but, you know, they're products of their times as well. But the atmospheres, there's actual locations, there's sets, they look believable, like it is our world. And then this fantastical thing happens in our world. Mm-hmm. But they just, from the get-go, with the ridiculous stuff and just all the weird animal stuff and things, right away, it's just like, oh... So this is just like, this is a fantasy place. This isn't even, you're not even trying to say this is
0: real. I think it goes back to what you were saying about like green screen, right? Where it just, it doesn't feel like there's a physical set anywhere. I also would say that there was a lot of, I
2: always get this word wrong, but anachronisms like in the like humor and stuff that was very Mm -hmm. modern. So the humor was super modern and things that like we wouldn't be making fun of or they wouldn't be making fun of in that time period, which is not, it just takes you out of the moment, right? Like, it doesn't make it feel authentic. And I think you can have, like, humor that modern audiences understand and like, and that but aren't, like, referencing, like, meme culture or, you know, I can't think of an example um, off the top of my head, but I remember when they were on the boat with the tourists and stuff, there were a couple of jokes where I was like, wow, that's very 2021 and not at all something that, you know, would have been funny slash even joked about then. And I think that, like, little things like that add up, right? So when you're, like, in front of a green screen, and then on top of that, the jokes and the world building, it just, it doesn't fit.
1: Yeah, I just felt like there was no interest in making this convincing at all. (laughs) Like, you know, and I don't want to be mean to people who worked on it as far as special effects go and things like that, because, you know, they had a huge undertaking. This is one of those films that was like, oh, we'll just do it all in post. And yeah. that's a huge undertaking, like, obviously. That's so it's like, it's time. not to disparage anyone who worked on it in that way. It's just more, why is this the decision you made? This was not, it felt like a film that they filmed during the pandemic and it mm. like, came out this year. And it's like, like, cause they're like, well, that's all we could do. We couldn't travel, to not do this, whatever. And it's like, no, you filmed this be- well before. Right. So right. what? And like, I, and I want. I don't like that this sets this kind of thing continues to set the bar. People talk about action, you know, Marvel films and this and that and like ruining cinema and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this kind of stuff, people like watching this and loving it. OK, more power to you if you love it and genuinely just love the film. It's great. But it's like also we I think, I think viewers, we deserve better. <laughs> like, I we agree. Deserve something that looks better. And like that has effort. It has more a plot that makes it. sense.
2: And it, it does the classic thing that everyone does lately that I hate Tell a simple but good story. You mm-hmm. do not need to make everything world-ending. Everything has to be more epic. You know, if you even think about Pirates of the Caribbean in general, it was a fairly simple story. You know, it was like one cursed group, and they were fighting, you know, whatever. And, of course, the movies get weirder, more and, and, weirder and more complicated. Go yeah. on.
1: Our protagonist wanted to undo the curse for a very personal reason. Yeah.
2: You yeah, know what I mean? So exactly. it's like it keeps it And so it we small cared still. about it. And whereas this is like very, you know, she... I thought it was interesting. I mean, it would have been more interesting if we went more into like why her father had the maps and like why that mattered. Mm -hmm. But it was just like her. And I almost think that if we had gone more in her journey of, you know, being a woman and not being able to do this research herself, it needed grounding. You know what I mean? Like it needed something in the story that felt real and honest instead of just kind of floating along. Because it kind of made jokes about her brother, you know, doing a thing. And then she's... But I think that, like, we could have had some good moments of, like, actual reality.
0: I agree. I mean, I saw it compared to Indiana Jones. And I was just like, how dare you? (laughs) You know. Yeah, like,
1: it wishes, right? And it also wishes to be the mummy. Even the way the story came about was exactly the mummy. I mean, but that was more... You know, she is this this archivist, this history. I don't know her I her exact title, but you know, she lives and breathes this stuff, and finds. I think I think she found a map in that too, but finds something where she might be able to find. I think it was the mythical city of Hamanoptra, right? So it's like let me go and like discover this city, and then simultaneously, as they're looking to do that, this mummy threat gets reawakened because mm-hmm. people are. And then it creates a lot of problems for her and, and them, you know, but the story starts in a more effective way where it's like you learn, you understand why this person wants what she wants and you actually start really caring well, about maybe her.
2: Her brother kind of- is sick and, and she needs the tree to save him or sure. she knows someone it just needed some personal more person- element yeah. to make us care and want them to succeed and like give gravity to all of those action sequences. I guess it's a lofty and important goal to just want to help the world, but it's so vague and impersonal.
0: Well, yet yeah, to that point, it is then completely undermined at the end when she gives up this stupid flower petal to save the rock. She doesn't even know if it's going to save the rock, but she's like, "I, you know, I could save all the world's ills, but I need to turn." Although I did laugh at the rock as a rock, um, <laughs> you know, I was just like, "You are." so selfish right now like he was clearly yeah. ready to die he sacrificed himself
1: Like, what
2: was the point of all this yeah. well and also i hated the careless way that she dropped it like she just like ex- this impossible flower that apparently could kill like i don't know solve all the world's ills and she just like casually drops it and hopes that he picks it up like that is wildly inappropriate and also why all of a sudden was the tree thing not working Why didn't they explain that part of the mythos?
0: I assumed that was some sort of like curse related.
2: I'm sure. But it was just kind of like add to the gravity of the situation and be like, we only have so many days to do it because it only shows up, you know, in the full moon every 90 years or whatever the fuck, right? I
0: don't know. It was was atrocious. And then the other storyline I did want to touch on was the Jack Whitehall one. And like, I actually really like Jack Whitehall as a comedian and actor or whatever it is, but- One, anyone could have played that role. Not anyone, but almost anyone could have played that role. Cast someone who's actually gay, please. If you're going to, like, do this... Even if you're going to do this skirt around the whole homosexuality thing, it it was so unnecessary. And two, I really thought he and Jesse Plemons' character were going to hook up. Because when he, like, invites him on the boat for tea, I was like, oh, is this going to be, like, a secret, you know... uh," And then nothing came Mm. of it, and I was sad. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean... It it, it was nice that they, that, you know, we had a, a very queer character in Cruella but it was nice that there was kind of this felt more announced you know what I mean and more you know what yeah, I mean but it, like it was it almost was more... worse
0: in this way because it was like yeah they skirted around it but they also said it but then it's like okay well you're trying to make it a period piece so it's sort of grounded in the time but I, I don't know and right. again the fact that you're having Jack Whitehall who is a straight man as far as you know I've totally been yeah. able to I guess
1: I mean just from a narrative standpoint of there being any sort of representation that way at all is cool but it's like
0: yeah but but again they just say it right you'd be like i'm yeah. different is like yeah okay uh, okay yeah yeah
2: all right <laughs> you know. what what do they call that like the walk in closet where <laughs> they like people were walking into the closet instead of having people come out of the closet so they're oh. like guessing at it but like not being overt about any of it interesting yeah
0: mm, yeah i don't know i was actually excited for the film cuz i was like oh this could either be really really great or so cheesy that it'd be fun and it yeah. was n- somewhere in the middle and it was, well, it wasn't in the middle of being great. It was just mediocre to bad for me.
1: Yeah. Like I, yeah. And I feel sad for you because you were excited about it and it's like, we weren't excited about it. I don't want to speak for you, Jackie, but I think I you weren't right. <laughs> but I was not <laughs> excited about it, but like, yeah, it was that kind of, you know, sometimes I end up watching a movie like, like say F9, right. Mm-hmm. We were not excited for that at all and thought it looked really bad. And then I believe we both thought it was bad but we had fun right la- we were laughing and it was i like, you enjoyed
2: know. myself watching it yeah, yeah. It was- am i gonna go like- watch
1: it again tomorrow no but like i was laughing you know this was hard because it was just like this was frustrating because it was like why is this so just why is this such bad quality like instead of
0: yes and f9 like- i feel like some scenes had a sense of humor about themselves right like anything with tyrese the whole like are we superheroes are we whatever that was funny and then all the, the vin mm-hmm. diesel stuff was like this level of seriousness but I yeah, and then also this director is doing Black Adam. Mm. I am very worried for Black Adam.
1: Yeah,
0: that's not <laughs> great.
1: I don't know that I was like not worried about it, but now I'm like actually very worried about
0: it. Yeah, if this is what if that's yeah.
1: Well, and if you're going to be getting a lot of positive praise for this, so then much- it's kind of like oh, okay, great, we're on the right track here as far as how we're making films, and it's like oh, I don't think so. Um. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. I don't know. I'm sad. You know. Yes. Just because it could have, you know, again, I wasn't expecting anything good, but it could have been pleasantly funny or surprising or just kind of like, oh, that was so bad, I had the best time, but we didn't have a fun
0: time. No. It. no.
1: <laughs> and it, like you said, it was too
2: long. Like, yes, oh my god, so long. Should have been an hour and a half.
0: What ride do we think they're going to attempt to adapt next?
2: No, no, I don't want no. And I'm gonna exempt Galaxy's Edge. I'm from gonna this, say because that's too maybe obvious. Maybe Thunder Mountain. I mean, Ooh, but you don't think we like, haven't had any? Something? We haven't had any there, and I think like a Western or something could be interesting.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say because remember they,
2: I remember it actually being talked about, talked about, not like it was just a
1: rumor or something that they were considering doing a Space Mountain film before. <laughs> Which would just be an outer space. Sure. you know, Whatever. But yeah. like, you know, so hardly. But but I remember that being talked about and then it kind of just went away. And I know they made Tomorrowland and that was a flop. But oh, I, I forgot I, about that. But it makes me think that. But I was like, but I don't know. I could I could see them totally going and doing an Expedition Everest or a, or a Matterhorn situation.
0: Oh, Matterhorn mm-hmm. I can see. Yeah. Which is so funny. I guess there's like a whole subset of people. I mean, you mentioned the Explorers Club or whatever it's called that are just have that affinity and association with this but if you had you could have just made this movie something totally different and still been like yep. oh the rock and emily blunt are in a, like an adventure movie people would have gone to see it obviously yep. you're bumping up the visibility by naming it after a ride
2: but uh. yeah no i feel updated that they did the ride right but i haven't been on it so i don't know
1: yeah it just reopened i think but i haven't been on it either i haven't been um, on it
2: so i don't know what kind of changes they made
1: yeah i don't know i hope i mean i'm not like Hopefully. a big huge fan of the ride in general but i hope it's not like i hope
0: there's no tie-ins oh i'm sure there's a tie-in there has to be a tie like why would you i know they removed some problematic
1: problematic things in there and racist undertones and things like that for sure but i i
0: don't know well i mean the whole inclusion of like Trader sam and this whole you know tribe of people i was like oh we're playing with fire
1: yeah i I mean when you talk about the explorers club thing too it's like i mean i remember saying when jungle cruise got greenlit even i think we were talking and it was just kind of like i'm surprised that they're not going all in and making, like, a show or anything with this Explorer's Club idea thing. Because, honestly, like, the Tower of Terror in Tokyo has nothing to do with Twilight Zone. There's no reason you're dropping. It's all strange. But there's this little tiki thing that's haunted and stuff. And there's a whole story around it that, like, is a cute little thing that you could go off of. Mystic Manor in itself would make a really fun movie if done correctly. I do not want them to do it because I don't trust them at all. But the ride itself is, like, living through a little movie. It's really cute. Um, is is that like in Night, Tokyo as
0: well?
1: It, that's in uh, Hong Kong. It's kind of their their version of, like, the Haunted Mansion in a way. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not. Haunted Mansion, but it's, you know. Sure. Think, like, Night at the Museum. You yes. go through this mansion and the the little monkey friend who's the, the cutest thing, Albert, he, like, wakes everything up and then it's all trying to attack you when you're going through it. It's so um, cute. Really cute. Really great ride. And like, it's, like, you could totally do a show or a movie based on that. And, like, they could all be interconnected, you know? Yeah. And... that point whether jungle cruise is included in it or not initially you could have made it included in it and had to start a adventures club kind of anthology
0: i mean we don't know they 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 could be in the works and we just you know that little toucan and his (laughs) and the
1: the spiders
0: oh yeah and the spiders right off
1: the bat i was like count me out that one that those birds were eating and then the toucans were eating That it looked so fake but it was still terrifying because it took up the whole frame and then (laughs) the tarantula fighting the scorpion and I will say, I don't know if this is a nod at all or whatever, besides the fact that spiders just live in the jungle. But part of my apprehension about the ride in general, like I never grew up, we didn't grow up going on it much. We didn't really care about it. But my cousin was a skipper for some years and loves, loves, loves the ride. And uh, so I started going on it more because we would always go when we go with him or when he was working, we'd go and get him as a skipper. You know how the ride, it takes you on the whole, it's the whole path, but it goes a big circle essentially. Uh-huh. And so the middle area of it is all this like island that Uh they actually have to go in there and they have to like, you know, prune and like, cause it gets overgrown and stuff. Sure. There are like the largest spiders of all time that (laughs) all live on that island and they end up on the boat sometime and stuff. Uh And once he told me that, like I'm like triggered and I'm I'm going through and like whatever. And every time I'm on that ride, all I'm doing is staring and looking at all the huge webs on that island. And if you look, they are there. It is scary as hell. And so I guess it's a thing that all the skippers just know and people just know. And I was like, well, I'm really sad I know this.
0: <laughs> I mean, oof. better to know it to be able to avoid it, I suppose.
1: Well, I guess to be like, I'm never going on it again. But it's like I find <laughs> myself sometimes having to go on it, and which I guess I could always just say, no, I'm not. But, you know, it's like a thing that yeah. I'm just scared the whole time.
0: <laughs> the last time I went on it is because I think I'd been running a bunch of races at Disney and I was so tired and I decided to go to the park. And I rarely go to the park after. And I was just like, I need to sit down for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I sat on Jungle Cruise. It was just like, this is a weird ride.
1: It's got its charms. It has its little merits and stuff. I think it's cute. You know, it can stay. I like the I'm jokes. Not, the not, jokes are yeah. like,
0: I, you know, I, I. If you get a,
1: if you get a good skipper, I've laughed before for sure. Like yeah. you get someone with like really dry humor and stuff and like really good, like a comedy that aligns with yours. It's like, it's funny, you know, it's, and it's relaxing and, and it is very immersive. I will say beyond the fact that the, the animals don't look remotely real. I always say when you're coming out of Indiana Jones, like coming out the exit there and it's mm-hmm. like, also, right by Jungle Cruise, that part of the park just feels humid always. It just feels mm-hmm. it just feels different. I was like, they really, really make you feel like you're in a jungle.
0: It and feels more real than Jungle Cruise the movie it did.
1: Absolutely does, and it actually looks more real than Jungle Cruise the movie does.
0: I'd say. Also, that. <laughs> so. Well, huh. all right, we watched it. I appreciate us trucking through it.
2: Yeah. We have another
0: thing. The we Green Knight again. I don't have a read on. What did you two think of this one? I am going to guess Matt liked it.
1: You would be correct. You're actually very correct. Okay. (laughs) We had a whole discussion about after we watched it about how we felt about it kind of, but we want to talk about it. We're excited. We also guess
0: what we thought you
2: thought of it. Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm going to guess, Jackie, you did not love
2: it, but you didn't hate it. I would say I liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay.
1: At first or like now?
2: Oh, I guess now. We,
1: saw, we we did
2: watch it twice. You watched it twice? Mm. Yeah. Okay. The first viewing, I disliked it way more than I liked it on. Okay. And then the second viewing, I liked it quite a bit more. But I will say that I still don't, I'm not obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, we were talking okay. and we were we were trying to like, what do you think? We were trying to get a read and like try to guess what. Dana was going to think about it. Cause we weren't sure if, and when you'd be able to watch it, but kind of like saying like, because I got to tell you, it's obviously, obviously like it goes without saying, I think the film is polarizing. I think people, you know, I've seen some people like, Oh, this is the second coming of filmmaking. And I've seen other people who were like, what the hell was this? Like, get me out of here. And like both uh-huh. ends of the spectrum, but I haven't seen a lot of like, eh, it was okay. And so I was like, it's interesting because I couldn't, I couldn't guess. I was like either, I think no matter what, Anyone who appreciates film will appreciate a lot of the artistry behind parts of it. Uh-huh. I would I would I would guess. But it doesn't mean that like you cared about the whole film or liked it or were bored or we're not bored or we're just like totally like enamored by it. Like and so it's like I really don't know. I guess I can guess. Jackie, do you have a guess? Yeah,
2: so what's your guess? I will say that she disliked it.
1: Okay. Is that
0: your guess as well, Matt?
1: She's so stone-faced. I am going to say that I think and uh liked it like like thought it was really good that's my guess
0: i fall firmly in the camp
1: interesting
0: so i think part of this is my own fault i feel like i built this film up too much because it was supposed to come out last year and i've been so excited for an extra year i just it didn't do it for me I, as yeah. you said, I appreciate the filmmaking. I can see a lot of thought went into it. I am curious, Matt, I know you, you reread the poem or I've heard the Tolkien version of the poem, right? Yeah. Jackie, did you, do you know the story of, however we want to say, Gawain?
2: No, and that's part of the reason why I didn't really like it the first time. That was gonna be my question to you as well,
1: Dana. Like I was like, mm-hmm. had you read it before or, or recently?
2: I realized I had not.
1: Okay. And so what's interesting is this, is like, and and this actually, I I will say, as I, I will go on record right now and say, I love this film. Like, I'm excited to see it again. I almost went and saw it again yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I, I can't stop thinking about it. It's in my head. It's probably my favorite film since The Lighthouse. Oh. I, I think, right? And I love The Lighthouse. So. Okay, well, Anyway, that really should hard tell hard to you, this it is, it is yes. like- Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, this is my style of film a lot yes. of the time. But I love, love, love Arthurian Legendary. And I've read a lot of it. And I read a lot of it. More critically, I guess in college in this class I took about Tolkien because it inspired him a lot. I'm mm-hmm. a big Tolkien nut, and that's more where I discovered the Tolkien translation of the poem. Whereas before, the first time I read the poem, I think it was high school, and it was some other translation. But anyway, I am thinking because I had this other neighbor I was talking to who really didn't like it, and it was after, had the same things to say about it as Jackie was saying about it before to me. And I was wondering as I was like, I I think maybe what it is is that I think you an established like for that world and these characters is kind of almost necessary for this film, which goes against the film for me. Like, that's like, it does not do a good enough job of making you care about what's going on.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I don't think you have to like it, but I think a familiarity, right? Because I was like, okay, I remember obviously Arthur and Guinevere, you know, I, it's been a while since I've consumed anything related to the Arthurian legend and then I was reading an interview with the director. I was like, okay, not only are we diverting from the source material, which is totally fine, right? It's an interpretation of it, but we're not bothering to explain it to the new audience. You're just relying on them knowing who a lot of these characters are. And then you're, I don't know, subverting is the right word. But so that does go against the film for me. Cause I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is insular, right? Cause I think there's a way to do that and include an audience in it and be like, yes, this is like We're not going to beat you over the head with this is who King Arthur is, but we're going to give you like a few breadcrumbs of the world they're in and establish who they are and then change the story up. But this was just like, know it or else, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, it wasn't very accessible.
2: Yeah. So I I would say like, you know, my first viewing of it, my main criticisms were I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why we were following him. I thought he was just the biggest moron of all time (laughs) because it was like really clear to me that he shouldn't be doing most of the things he did. Right. It's a game. So he decides to cut off the guy's head. And I'm like, okay, well, that was a bad choice. Yeah. And then he talks to every stranger on the way and, you know, and and makes mistakes basically the whole time. And so I'm, you know, thinking to myself, like, this guy's an idiot (laughs) and he doesn't seem to have any redeeming qualities to me. And so I'm I didn't understand why I was supposed to care about him or really what was going on. And then that in sequence where he sees his life like, you know, move forward, but we don't know it's a dream or whatever yet. Mm-hmm. That was so long. So and I long. couldn't figure out like why we were still watching it and what was going on. You know, I will say that like, you know, after discussing it kind of at length with Matt and kind of figuring out like, who this character was and what coming up with my own version of what had happened in the story. I am definitely able to appreciate it a lot more. And I think that like, I mean, it's stunning. It is so beautiful. And so like the, the cinematography and the art direction and like all of that is so stunningly beautiful. And I think that soundtrack is incredible. And so I think from like a filmmaking standpoint, those kind of things are shining so bright for me that I like it for a lot of those reasons, but I just, it doesn't emotionally resonate with me, um, which is something that I need to be obsessed with, um, for a film. And since, you know, I care about him a little bit more, you know, upon a second viewing, but I won't say that, you know, I still care about him particularly much. I think the character I like the most was, you know, the girlfriend slash wife, depending upon what character she was playing, um
0: yeah i i didn't quite understand what was going on there i mean i did i did once i write up on it and i was like i appreciate that this film clearly has thought put into it like he clearly thought a lot about it but i don't know if that translated to the screen and i oftentimes am evaluating films on like all right well who would i recommend this to and there's you know there's the whole like kind of cult of a24 yeah i feel
1: me yeah you no, no it to me. normally
0: <laughs> i'm i'm firmly in that you know group like zola is an example of one where i was like this is an a24 film it's a stamp of approval as far as i'm concerned let's give it a chance but this one i'm just like uh i don't i don't know if i'd be comfortable recommending it like glowingly you know yeah. i i'd be like hey you know you might enjoy it the craftsmanship is certainly there but i wouldn't be like yes we should definitely watch this film and and that's a yeah. limited circle to start right like let alone a wider group of people
2: I guess I wouldn't recommend it to people like my parents or like my sister who are really casual movie people, but I think I would recommend it to anyone who who loves film because it's just so gorgeously put together. It is it is a strike against it I think that you need to know so much of the source material to like be obsessed with it. But for me at least, like I think I just thought it was so beautiful and just so well done in that way that I would recommend it to anyone who likes, I guess, film.
1: It's one of those things where I I agree with everything being said. I think that it's one of those films you watch. And often I think A24 films are this way where you may not like it or be unsure about how you feel about it here or be obsessed with it or whatever, anywhere in between, right? But it's a a whole film and it feels very much like a personal story for the director. It feels very much like a this is what was intended Mm -hmm. film that it is successful in doing what it wants to do. And it may just not be for this person or that person. It may be for that person. So it's like, I would still, I think, recommend it to anyone who's even remotely interested based on the trailer. But there are, that being said, there are very specific people in my life um, that fall into the categories you're mentioning that I am excited to see what they think about it. So I would definitely be like, oh yeah, go watch this movie, I want to know. So there are some people, but it is, like you said, it's this group of people that are, like, very specifically the type who would love an art house film.
0: Right. Which is, it's fine. It's totally fine. I mean, it was really interesting reading. I think it was, like, the Vanity Fair interview with David Lowry, and, and he was talking about, he's like, oh, yeah, it's it's a lot about, like, mother and son relationships and this and that. I was like, oh, when you frame it that way. Yeah. I can totally see that. But watching the yeah. film through without... Having that context, I was like, that didn't feel like the most prominent relationship in it for me.
2: Well, it was hard because I, I mean, until I saw it the second time, I didn't have any of this. But we discussed it, like I said, at length sort of after. But basically what I came to appreciate about it is it's like, she's Morgan the Fey, right? The mom. Mm-hmm. And so she is deciding that she wants her son to take his place right at the side of Arthur, who he clearly hasn't done yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so she has she comes up with a scheme sort of to have him prove his honor, right? And then so that, you know, she does the magic thing and gets the green knight to show up for the game or whatever. And I my guess, and like Matt probably and has more to say about this, but my guess is that she didn't really necessarily expect him to lob off the Green Knight's head. And then he, you know, goes forward and then she has all these. So I think she's the fox. So you see her in like a bunch of different scenes where the fox shows up and then she takes over the bodies of other people to sort of give him more tests to his honor. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like getting the girl's head back without needing reward and not sleeping with the wife of this guy who took him in, that kind of stuff. And then when he passes those, he can get to the the Green Knight, but then her witchcraft is what would keep him alive. So, he has to choose if he's going to sort of live under that, right, forever, yeah. which is sort of dishonorable, right, because he's choosing sort of witchcraft to keep him alive. Or, he can take it off and deal with the consequences and see what happens. And so, I think that's what happens at the end. Like, that's my... Yeah, kind of that's... Big, Sounds, I don't know if Matt agrees or not, but that's the kind of what of. I was
1: thinking. And that was something that was when we first were watching it was jarring for me because I realized, you know, I like I like part of it that like they don't even say a bunch of different names and this and that. But like when Jackie and I got out of the theater and we were talking about it, when I told her, "Oh yeah, in the poem, Morgan Morgan Lefay is behind the whole thing," blah blah. Like she's like, "Oh, okay, that made like," but didn't get that in the film really. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning. Right away, I I was like, wait, is his, are they making it so his mom is Morgan Le Fay? Or is this just some, whatever, you know, and I didn't like that at first. I'm okay with it now, but it's one of the only ways that I do feel like he did try to modernize the story and kind of making it this failure to launch type of thing where yeah, mom wants whatever her, regardless of what she wants for him professionally, she wants him to like grow up. Yes. Right? So and back then, it's all about chivalry. It's all about honor. It's all about, you know, like, that's how you're proving yourself. So it's, like, basically everything Jackie was just saying. It's, like, creating this whole task. And that's why, like, when the Green Knight walks in and, like, Arthur looks over at who I presume is Merlin. And Merlin, like, does his little, like, meditative thing and then, like, gives him, like, a, a no. Like, don't go after this guy because the test isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And it's for Gawain to kind of come in and take over and do whatever. It's It's interesting to think about how it's, like, yeah, a mom pushing... For him to have honor and to grow up, become, become a man. Right. But then also, and also giving him all these temptations where he can fail, but then also trying to protect him at different turns as well. And that does, it's interesting when you were mentioning a mother son thing, I didn't know that. So that was like, if that's a director relationship, it's kind of interesting to think about that as like, this is his coming of age story. It just yeah. told in terms that are exciting for him.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you no, know? I mean, he, he talked about that, right. He talks about it's, it's a mother wanting her son to want to grow up. And like, he, he is the son, you know, he was very much the son who was like staying at home past when he should have. And, you know, anything, any parent wants to protect their children, but also wants them to like spread their wings and fly and that sort of discourse. But I don't think I got any of this upon the first viewing. And yes, there are plenty of films that you want to watch and peel back layer by layer, but I needed a little bit more to get hooked in order to you know understand all of this stuff and then again i think the other challenge is not only this expectation of wanting you to know the sort of the arthurian legend and the things that surround it but then inserting stuff that has nothing to do with like the the head thing like the the girl's head winifred or whatever apparently it's a welsh thing has nothing to do with anything there's no tie to that uh i was just like am i supposed to know what this is am i not supposed to know what this is like what's happening here and so i feel like it took away from the movie because i was like i think most people are familiar with the Arthurian legend in some form or another. And so constantly trying to piece together, like, is this, am I supposed to know this? Am I not supposed to know this? What's happening? And then throwing in things yeah. that I'm not supposed to know. It, it just didn't quite gel for me, which is totally fine. Again, I respect it yeah. as a film. I I'm happy that you enjoyed it, but it's not what I thought it was going to be one that I was going to be like, this is the greatest film I've seen all year.
1: Yeah, no, I feel that. And I, I think like with the Welsh thing, I like that it was in there. Cause it's like the, the poem historically draws on Welsh and Irish and I think English and different. Like, oh, sure. It know, totally
0: fits the vibe. and thematics,
1: stuff like yeah. that. And it was interesting is, yeah, all the stuff, of course, with Winifred and then with, you know, the kid robbing him and all that. And, you know, rest your bones type of thing and giants and all that kind of stuff is like, and then of course the Fox even being there accompanying him at all is all just very added, of course, for the film. But the poem does allude to battles and things happening between point A and B being Camelot. And then, when he gets to the other castle <laughs> with, the, with the woman and, mm-hmm. and the guy with the, the game of winnings, it's still very accurate and to the poem in the way we're like, they just expanded in a way we're like, okay, well, here's what happened in those things is we don't know what happened, but it's alluded to that things have happened and he's been through it. So it gave, it gave a little more meaning to that because I do feel like the poem kind of for a modern day reader can be underwhelming as well in the way that it's like, you kind of get to the end of it. And it's like, Oh, haha! actually Morgan Le Fay was behind the whole thing. And because if you're reading the poem and love Arthur stuff, you're like, Oh, that Morgan, she's always, she's always trying to get Guinevere and get Arthur and whatever. And it's like, okay, cool. And then it's like, yeah, again, about shame and learning not to lie and all that kind of stuff and having honor. But the payoff of that in a film would have been even less than had they done it this way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I see the feat of trying to make this try to stay very true to the source material as much as you can and then also give it a lot more weight. But then it's also like, okay, but then you also still made it two hours and fifteen minutes long or whatever. You know, like yeah. you could have trimmed things, you could have cut it and still made it more meaningful for a modern day audience if you wanted to.
2: It just fails to me still in making me care about his journey and wanting him to succeed. I just want to care about him, you know, and I just don't particularly so I'm not sure why or how they could have set that up better. And I think Dev Patel did an incredible job. I think, you know, his acting for very little dialogue was great. I just somehow just didn't emotionally connect.
0: Jackie, to your point earlier about that end sequence that takes so long, and then suddenly we snap back and we realize, like, you know, it's a jerk. That didn't feel earned at all to me, right? Like, he did not, he feel like he failed, he failed, he failed. And there was no test that was like a turning point for him in for me at least for the interpretation i saw there wasn't a test that was like ah yes now this person is like becoming a better person like yes he's you know him seeing the future or his potential future is what eventually did it but it just the way it was framed for me i was just like well this doesn't feel earned at all
2: i
1: would argue he didn't become a better person though i would argue that it was like he saw oh wait actually you are not worthy and it's like you can either make the choice to live and have shame or you can just die i think that was the end (laughs) of the movie because I would argue if you get a vision, whether it's whether you believe it's real or not, if you get this whole vision like he got of the intricacies of everything that's going to happen in his future, and then decides to take the thing off, because that's what will happen if he keeps the sashes protecting him on, that doesn't make you a good person. That just means you have information that you didn't have before, and so you decide to live. So we could see, oh, okay, cool, he's choosing the more honorable road by now taking it off and just saying, okay, go ahead and kill me, because I'd rather be dead than live that way. But he still had information, whereas in the poem, he doesn't get that information. But the poem's also not a failure to launch thing, and he already is a knight. And so it's interesting <laughs> that they made this choice to, to kind of go and say, hey, we're going to have you as this kid who just, you know, mom wants you to do well. And then even in this film, Arthur has to be the one to tell him, you got to go and you got to do this. Whereas the whole time, he didn't want to go face the knight. In the poem, he's damn well going to go face the night because he's like, well, I'm a knight, and this is honor, I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And then he ends up yeah. wearing the sash that the woman in the castle gives him. And that's why he doesn't die. And then he has shame forever. But it's this thing where it's like he is doing this for honor and then gets scared at the end. And I still think that that could have been a way that you might have cared about him a little bit more if you were watching a real internal mm-hmm. struggle of this guy trying to do this right thing. But yes. really struggling with it versus someone like, who I was just I wanted him really to,
2: like, decide he wanted to do it for some reason. Like, maybe it's the girl at home, you know this whore he likes or maybe it's his mom who convinces him or something but he just felt like he was like just doing what everyone told him to do which is what what it was right but that's not very likable for me like i don't root for someone like that
0: right the vision he gets at the end it's not like a bad thing he ends up as king right
2: yeah
1: but but like his his life is like he he goes against the he's not with the woman he wants to be with and takes the baby from her and all this and he's like just starts like a whole bunch of like him Uh throwing food at him when he comes back whatever his son dies at war and then he's like it's like he's living a shameful life and a life of someone who like does not have honor okay so he so he got to be he's king but it's just but he's living this life that he doesn't want to live
0: okay I didn't quite get that, but that might be me.
1: <laughs> and then at the end of the day, the night still comes for him. It's like this thing where, you know, and he's beheaded. It's, it's inevitable, like right? That, yeah. Right. He's like, you know, and now, so you're just prolonging the inevitable and you're like ruining lives on the way.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I kind of decided along with Matt that I think he dies at the end of this film instead of what happens in the in the poem, which in is he only gets like a scratch on his neck. And then he has this scar that's like you know, proving his honor or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's
1: like he has this scratch in his neck and it's like, oh, see, he did face the knight, but it's also for him badge of shame too because it's like this is only here because you were wearing a, a, a sash that protected you. Right. And so, he's, so you didn't actually face him like you were supposed to.
0: Right. The knight didn't like let you off the hook. Yeah.
1: And then the rest of the knights all decide to wear a green sash in support of him, but also in a way that's like to say to remind them all not to lie. Mm -hmm. so it's this lesson of like be honest (laughs) you know
0: yeah didn't get any
1: oh I'm not sure he was trying to communicate I'm
0: I'm just curious like I'm you know there's no way for me to know would I really love this movie had I read the poem before because now I can't go back in time and you know. well that's
1: why earlier when I was saying I was like I almost feel like some of it is yeah knowing but I think some of it also is I do think it is kind of important to already have kind of somewhat of an established awe uh, for these stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? And more than just knowing about them.
0: I've certainly read my fair share of Arthurian inspired things, right? But, sure. you know, not in a while and not... I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of bummed because I was really rooting for this one, but I'm very happy that they yeah. lived up to your expectations because like you are definitely the demographic, right?
1: Totally. And I think and it goes to again expectations too, where it's like because I think Jackie you even said we want to You're like, yeah, I don't I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. And I was like, oh, interesting, because that's like what I expected, but it's because I had read it. And it's like right. it's interesting because again, it is sad because it's like it looks it's beautiful and everything, and the trailer is incredible and everything, and it looks more exciting than it is. And it kind of, it just sucks that you should have to have any sort of expectation in order to like, really, really enjoy it. Like, it's like, I happen to have the right expectation, but it's like, well, that's not fair. But I like mean, the film requires that, you know? So
0: I gotta say, I think the trailer unfairly positions this film. I thought it was going to be more action-y, not like yeah. a super action, no. you know, whatever, but I did think it was going to be more about this confrontation with the Green Knight and not whatever we got <laughs> out of it.
2: Sure. I love a slow burn, you know, I'm, I can be into that. I just, it's just the emotional connection that it was missing for me. Otherwise it's so pretty. Like I said, I just think it's so stunningly beautiful. I love the cinematography and the art and the music. Like I've said, I guess I've already said this several times. It is so beautiful. It's just so beautiful that I want to love it more. You know what I mean? Like I have this, like, I want to be obsessed with it.
1: But then that almost hurts
2: more. But it almost hurts more because it's like, and I thought like the second time I was like, yay. And I did like it better, like for sure, having the understanding of what I was looking for. And I I love it, how many layers it has and how you can like, you know, deep dive into each section and sort of figure it out. But I just, I just don't care about him.
0: I mean, I respect you for liking it enough to see it a second time. I don't feel compelled to.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. It's the type of I call it one of those like it's almost like a meditative film if you will. Mm-hmm. Like I it's the type of like well, a lot of these are A24 but when I think back at like films that it, it kind of reminds me of in ways of pacing and things like that and it's like The Witch and you know Under the Skin and all these things we talked about you know different movies like that after we watched it too and I was like it it was so clear to me that David Lowry like loves The Fountain which is my favorite film of all time. <laughs> And that whole opening, the whole sequence with the night, it was like so many shots and so many things that were like, oh, you've seen The Fountain. Oh, you like Matthew Batik and Darren Aronofsky. And like, you know. Well. And I love that. And Lord of the Rings, Pan's Labyrinth, The Witch. Like I felt so Willow, many different like He cites influences. Willow. Interesting. It was well, well, Willow wishes it was Lord of the Rings. So,
0: Well, I, w- I would truly say like read this. Because reading the interview with him yeah. gave me – uh, much more appreciation for the film, but I was like, I shouldn't have to do that. But I, I no. the the f- cinematic references he makes are unexpected.
1: Interesting. Cause yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I've pulled ones out that I'm like, Oh, for sure. No, 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 you should, yeah. you should.
2: Yeah. It's, it's yeah, some very I, I interesting. Think,
1: Jackie, that might be the article. Jackie did send me an article.
2: Me. I just didn't get a chance to read it. Cause I wanted well, to, you sent it to and me and then I,
1: it. I hadn't, I purposely had not read it yet. Cause I'm still trying to like, I like to like not look up things. And like when I'm, cause I'm so into it. I'm like, I want to watch it again and I want to keep like pulling things out and like get what I get out of it and then I will read it but um I was like in the zone of like okay I'm still trying to like figure this out. We did we <laughs> did
2: watch The Fountain after yeah. which that's true. I love I think Matt and I may be the only two people on the planet who are so obsessed with that Maybe movie. Maybe not
0: the only two, but it's a it's a, it's small, a small explorers group. club. A small, <laughs> yeah. The two that we We're the two kids. we know. Yeah, but we
2: it's it's a good catharsis for us. We just sat on the you know and watched and cried. That's and great, cried as yeah. you do as you watch it.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, an odd week, I think, an, an yeah. unexpected week for us.
1: Well, and what's interesting, and I'll leave it with this point is. I was happy we got to talk about these in the same week because talk about the two opposite ends of the spectrum when you look at like an action adventure film right where it's like you've got this one that in my opinion is like the problem with action adventure films that I don't want any uh-huh. of them to fall into and just like over like too many too many special effects too fake this and that and then you've got this other one that is like the opposite end of the spectrum not to say it's not its own problem but it's like it's so art house and so like oh and they filmed on real set locations things like that and some of the special effects the fox i mean come on very questionable if if not
0: uh the giants <laughs>
1: yeah certain things were like eek but you know you look at it and it's like god such opposite types of films yeah. you know what i mean in the way but but of the same similar kind of like you will look at them as fantasy and and uh, adventure and like you know what i mean honestly like, in covers. my in my
2: like to my point of view i think i feel like the green knight feels like, it was too thought out. He needed someone from the outside to be like, ooh, this is too much in your head. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is really in your head only. And whereas, like, something like the Jungle Cruise needed someone to sit down and be like, no, 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 it needs to make sense. And it needs to have a story. Right. Whereas, like, David was so into his story that he got too far into it that he couldn't see that it no longer made sense to people who hadn't lived and breathed it for three years or okay. however long it took them to make it. And whereas the jungle cruise, they didn't put enough thought into it. You know what I mean? Like not enough like, people eh, were thinking about that one. Well, it was you know? too many
0: people were thinking about it and they were like, what's the yeah, lowest yeah. common denominator <laughs> yeah. we can hit. Exactly. Right. It's like David
2: got so into his story and so deep in it that like, you practically had to be him to to understand, you know, everything that happened in it, which, you know.
0: Yeah, or you need his like explicit commentary, right, which is like not the greatest. I don't know. Yeah. Uh- <clears throat> I'm gonna be thinking about. I will say I'll be thinking about Green Knight for a while, in part because I just watched it. But,
2: but I think it resonates anyway, right? So even even you know not being as obsessed with it as I it's hope to be, well, I'll be it, thinking it, about has... it from like a,
0: a technical point of view. I think for a while, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, in more of like a criticism point of view, and not criticism, you know, just sort of I would say a studious point of view than like mm-hmm. cinema goer audience member point of view.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean some of the imagery is just so lovely.
0: Yes. All right. Well, thank you both. Thank you. But if I'd like a quiet contemplative note, we'll end on a contemplative yes. note. Yes. yes, yes. Happy meditating. Yes. <laughs> thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt. And now a couple of follow-up points. Okay, so the street that Matt is referring to is Lombard Street in San Francisco. It is a very windy hill. And then as for the Disney Explorers Club, wow, this was this was a rabbit hole. It's the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, or SEA, not to be confused with certain other sea orgs. It's a fictional, supposedly, organization in various attractions at Disney theme parks. It has some far-reaching lore that I don't know how substantiated it is. I don't know how official it is. It originated in Tokyo Disney Sea, which is in Japan, at the Fortress Explorations. And then, as Matt mentioned, the most popular sort of form or manifestation of it is in Hong Kong Disneyland at Mystic Manor. But... They have uh, defi- they've definitely written some extensive history. I suggest you just look it up if it is something that interests you. Also, Jackie was referring to an anachronism, which is a thing belonging or appropriate to a period other than that in which it exists, especially a thing that is conspicuously old-fashioned. So really, it's kind of a reverse anachronism because it's an old-fashioned time, but they had modern jokes. And then for The Green Knight, the interview I was referencing is indeed with Vanity Fair. It was with Joanna Robinson, and it's called The Green Knight's Ending Explained. Director David Lowry tackles your most burning questions. It's very interesting if you enjoyed The Green Knight or if you didn't enjoy The Green Knight. I do think it helps contextualize the film extensively. It's from July 30th, 2021. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.